Hello, listeners, and welcome to Freelance Friday with Vay Casey, a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experiences of freelancers. This week, I've got a couple interviews for you. First up, I've got a shorter interview with my friend Wade Griffith, who, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you may have heard his interview in episode seven, way back in the first season. He came on and we talked business for a while. So today, I've had him back to talk about the last six months and how his business has fared during COVID and what his response has been, how he has spent his time, etc. And then after that, We've got a full-length interview with Scott Slusher. He is an incredible photographer cowboy from Oklahoma that got a fashion degree, and now he is a photographer repped by a rep out of New York, and I'm so thankful to have him on the show today. So without further delay, let's hear from Wade. So it sounds like you have been pretty busy the last like couple of weeks. The last couple of times I feel like I've talked to you, yeah. you've said that you have been pretty busy. I was like, Casey, I don't even have time to talk to you right now, bro. I got to go. Things are crazy. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, so things, things <laughs> did get really busy and kind of out of, out of nowhere. Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm glad to have it. It's always kind of stressful, you know, like when you get, when you're, when you're a one to now three man shop, um, when things get busy you just have to ramp up and and try to handle all of it but yeah that's what we're doing so yeah. um a little bit more stress comes with that but I, I like being busy and um i like having these projects coming and like right now i have about five projects that we're editing and five projects on the books wow that's the most i've had all year because you know covid's been a really weird year mm-hmm. covid's probably cut jobs and you know the my job flow in half and uh uh although it's been fine and it's been steady and I've been really like felt like I'm really lucky compared to a lot of people um and a lot of photographers or other you know artists of different kinds um uh things were still definitely slower I still worried a lot like a lot of stress in that direction so I'd rather have the stress because there's too much to do and we got to figure out ways to do it right right because you can always just pull people in you mean as far as like scaling up or down as far yes. as like how many people yeah because you don't have any people that are hard like on salary or anything like that right they're all contractors well, well I do have one full time uh, employee Isaac um, who I was just on the phone with and he edits he works for me uh, 40 hours a week okay so every day Monday through Friday and last weekend he worked the weekend so did you so busy. you mentioned that you just like went from one to three people mm-hmm. what because I know you had Isaac working with you a few months back when we did a shoot I think right yeah he's worked for, with me for over a year for over a year now he started out as an intern and then I brought him on part-time and now he works full-time cool and uh and I have a I have a new intern now her name's Anna and um when we first when we were working at Weld together I think that was the first time I worked by myself for a long time. Right. You saw me work by uh-huh. myself for yep. a long, long yep. time and I used to do everything. And then I finally got to a point where I didn't like being stressed out and having that much of a workload all on me all the time. And so I finally made that uh, kind of leap to where I, I thought, well, I'll just try to see if I can pay somebody because that's always like a stress factor. Like, can I even afford to have anybody else work right. for me? Uh-huh. And had somebody, I think Elisa was one of the first people who uh, maybe worked worked with me there, and yeah. I got that other office, and she worked mm-hmm. with me. And then from then on, man, I've been I've had people working with me, whether it's been uh, Kristen or Jasmine, or um, I've I've started getting interns uh, every you know 
every year now. And a lot of times those interns turn into employees. And even though, so I'm, even though I'm still keeping it really small, I've learned to uh, delegate work, which has been awesome because that's really the only way you can grow. As one person, you just max out at a certain amount of workload. Yeah, especially if you've got family and kids. Oh, totally. Like you do. Yeah, so there's all that too. I don't want to, I'm not... Um, one of these people who wants to be up at work every single night till nine o'clock or working all weekend. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm a father and a dad and stuff. So I, I want to spend time with my family. So what happened? You mentioned that with COVID stuff that your business dropped in about half. Yeah. Can you kind of take me through right now? It is what? September 25th. Yeah. What? Can you just kind of run me through, I guess, the yeah. last six or so seven months? Last year, I had a banner year, had one of the best years I've had since I was a photographer, busy all year. I traveled more last year than I've ever traveled, ever, in my life, uh, for work, almost every job. You did lots of jobs with me. Um, yep, we traveled uh, a couple times. Yeah, we traveled a couple times. You were doing, uh, helping me with drone stuff a lot and things like that or whatever. And it was just one job after another. And I was working for a lot of new clients for the first time and everything. And that, that, uh, that, that flowed over into this year as well, into the beginning until the COVID start uh, uh, talk started uh, about like something had, you know, it, it had kind of come into seat the Seattle area and blah, blah, mm-hmm, blah. And mm-hmm. kind of hearing these things and you're like, okay, this is something to maybe be thinking about or, you know, not getting too worried, but you know, it could, it could affect us a little bit somehow or whatever. But when that started spreading and people really started getting worried about it, I had a full roster of work, like on my calendar. Like I, I, I still have like old school, like paper calendar where I have everything written down every day. And that whole calendar was like full. And then I just started receiving like one email after another saying, Wade, uh, do this whole COVID deal, man, we're going to have to postpone this job. People aren't, don't want us to be on the site right now whatever, you know, this place isn't allowing people, uh, the clients pulling out, blah, blah, blah. And so it was pretty much one email after one phone call after another until that calendar was empty. And so like completely empty, completely empty. And so, and then, and then where I work at, um, at flock right now, it's a creative co-working space in in Oak cliff, um, that we all decided as a group that we should, uh, well, there was a mandate passed that you couldn't work in the office together. So we all dispersed and went home and I went home for over a month. Um, and during that month, there just wasn't, there just wasn't anything going on, you know, really. So I just, you go through all kinds of emotions and I'm sure you've been through this kind of stuff. And especially people who, um, uh, yeah, have families and things like that or depend on a certain amount of income and everything to make all their payments and all that stuff, you start to get worried pretty quick. Like, what, what is, how long does this last? Is this going to last a month, two months, tops? What's, what's this going to be? Whatever. Because um, I, got, I got, you know, bills to pay. I got stuff yeah, to do. It's hard to really plan for anything and to know right. what you can commit to or whatnot. Right. And you're just used to a certain, like, flow in life. Mm-hmm. And then, so that kind of comes to a, to a standstill. And so you go through lots of different, different emotions, but I think inevitably I I just found that the best thing for me to focus on would be to just focus on being with my family and thinking of it like as some kind of reward where, where I'm never going to take this much time off. No one's ever going to give me this much time off. And so like, okay, let's just 
relax and have fun. And there's nothing anybody can do about this until it, this works itself out. And you get to be with your family a whole lot. And it was summer, so my kids were home from school. Or it was the very end of the school year at that time. So, but they they quit out of school early because of COVID too. So it's basically like summer early. Yeah, summer early before it's really hot. <laughs> so as a kid, think how cool that would be. Yeah, you got summer well, early. Well, I I grew up being homeschooled, and so I basically did like <laughs> I, I could do all my schoolwork in a couple hours. Yeah. during the day, and so I would just get up and go play outside all day. Yeah, I think a lot of that was what I, led to me to being freelancer too. Different for you because. You were at home already. Yeah. So summer is like you just are at home again. I don't even remember if more. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember if we had like off for summer break, uh-huh. like most kids would or not. Y'all would just go year round. I don't. I don't remember. I remember in seventh and eighth grade, I went to a school, a like a little bitty private school. It's like self-paced college preparatory school, yeah. basically. Yeah. And that one, we went Monday, Wednesday, Friday, year round. But oh. if we wanted to take off for vacation, we're just like, hey, we're going out of town for a couple of weeks. Right. We'll be back. Right. And then like Tuesday, Thursdays, you work from home. So I don't remember, and I don't remember when I was younger what had happened, but I know that I just, I mean, I remember getting up in the morning and there would be days where I would go outside and play outside all day and then work on schoolwork for a couple hours in the afternoon. There'd be other days I get up and knock it out first thing for a couple hours and by 10 or 10 30, I'm done. Yeah. And I just like, I'm outside playing in the sand all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah, there's so many people I feel like I know now that were homeschooled and they all kind of had the, the same kind of story and it, it's, it, it seems very... Uh, it seems very cool and loose and and kind of a neat way to grow up. Did you have friends that were um, that went to like public school that you hung out with that would be like off for the summer and you'd be like, what is off for the summer? No, Whatever. not really. No? I grew up in a pretty sheltered household. And uh-huh. so I didn't really get outside of like church circle very right. much. Yeah. And there was, I lived in the suburbs. Yeah. And so I'm the oldest of five Right. kids so I had other you friends kind your, of built your, in your basically <laughs> but there was a couple of friends around the neighborhood that were homeschooled as well mm-hmm. or like a couple of friends from church that were homeschooled that lived close by and so I would bike over and play with them and so we had similar kind of yeah flexible scheduling yeah like time wise yeah well so you mentioned that you cool. that you so you basically got a month off with your family to go like hang and kind of chill and yeah, just and not really worry even, about it. Yeah, really even probably longer than longer than that. But I, I when uh, here in Texas, when mandates were lifted and we could go back to work, I decided that I wanted to go back up to uh, to work, to flock and work from there because I was missing being around people, other people uh, and other coworkers. And, and um, uh, I missed really also like kind of my commute to and from work when I, when I listen to my podcasts and I listen to my audio books and music and all that kind of stuff, kind of that time to myself. And, um, yeah, I just really, I just wanted to be back at work. It was hard to focus at home because you, your family is there and, uh, and it, it, it's, it's fun to be with them all the time. But when you're, when you really want to get to work and kind of tune all that out and get in a zone. Um, it's hard when kids are coming like in and out of your room or the dogs barking or, or whatever. And you feel like you have these other responsibilities that you need to be taking care of at home. And you're kind of torn between the two when you're at work, 
you can be in total work mode and then like I come home at the end of the day and then I'm, I'm, you know, dad and can do all that stuff. And I like to shift gears and focus on those things. So that was good. That was good for, for me to go back and do that. And where, where I work is like, we're totally safe. We wear masks in all the common areas. Uh, we got used to just sanitizing our hands all the time and abiding by this, like certain rules that, so that everybody would feel safe, you know, um, all the time because you have all kinds of people from very young people to older people and you just want everybody to feel like they're safe if they come there too that they're not going to get anything from anybody or whatever so um yeah we just made it we just were real cool about all of that and uh and then a lot of these habits you know now have just formed and i'm kind of used to wearing a mask a lot of the times now and and washing my hands mm. all the time and all these kind of things and it's like that's not that big a deal i can do these things if i can if it helps me just function day to day it's kind of uh, weird yeah but, it is it is um my kids you know because they wash their hands so much and stuff now or whatever they didn't catch colds for like three or four months which is a, a kid is sick like all the time yeah Okay. And so that's pretty cool. Okay. You're like, oh. So you actually saw a, kid, a difference with oh, kids. Totally. How, oh, That's amazing. That's interesting. They didn't catch a cold. They didn't get any kind of illness. For, interesting. Yeah. For, and it, yeah, they haven't had even sniffles really until like they've started back to school. And, then, huh. you know, you, then you're around so many other kids. And even though they're wearing masks some of the time at school, um, that, yeah, you're going to get something when they're, you're surrounded with other children all yeah, the time. Yeah, okay. yeah it's just yeah. going to happen. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. What about... Uh, I mean, so what, what happened, obviously you're like slammed with work now yeah. and you used all this stuff started out and your calendar kind of cleared out and you had a month, a month and a half, a couple months, whatever away from really not having any work. Yeah. What did it look like for things kind of coming back into that? Well, stuff started coming back slowly and I work with a lot of general contractors and a lot of architects and things like that. The architecture business in general, I think was less affected by COVID than a lot of other industries. If there were, if there were jobs that were already on the books for a lot of these firms, they were moving forward with them. There were still workers in the field. People were working from home, but they were all still communicating and, uh, they were still building buildings and doing interior design and all these things, whatever. So they would still finish these projects and, then give me a call to come out and photograph them when they were done. So even though it wasn't quite as busy as it had been before, things started to come back in. And that's when I went to the office and started to work again, when I started getting, you know, jobs again, um, so that I could really focus on those. Um, and then everything would just kind of ebb and flow. It seemed like with the coronavirus, like however it was doing here in Texas or in Dallas, like if it was really bad, things would get quiet and I wouldn't be getting as many jobs. And if it got better again and things were better here and the numbers were better and less hospitalizations and stuff, more jobs and calls started coming in. It really like ebb and flowed like that. Did you see any more waves of like cancellations, like jobs canceling with anything? Or just was postpone, it just postpone? Just okay, okay. jobs. Like, okay, wait, let's put it back on the books. And then things would get a little bit worse here in Dallas again or whatever. And we'd be like in the code red or whatever. And then it'd be like, wait, let's put that on the hold right now. They're not going to allow us to to come in right now. They don't want any people in the building. So, because uh, this is like in some of this, is, you're doing interior stuff, right? Yeah, I'm doing interior. Obviously, stuff. I feel like exterior stuff you could still do, right? Totally. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that wasn't a factor. It was interior okay. stuff, and you're working in places like office buildings where they don't want you coming in there and contaminating anything, or even like hospitals or uh, places that where that people might still be working, but they don't want like an outsider 
photographer coming in. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, I just did a shoot this past week and it was of an office space and uh, they had a lot of rules and regulations. We had to get our temperature taken. And this is kind of normal now. You had to get your temperature taken when you walked in the door. You had to wear gloves. You had to wear a mask the whole day. Um, you had to, you know, if you did take your gloves off, you had to sanitize your hands, all these normal things that we're doing. And you had to try to uh, social distance, keep six feet apart all the time if you could during the shoot or whatever. And, um, but we did a, but other than that, it was like a regular production, except also for the fact that the, my client was in Chicago. There was three people in Chicago and that they were the ones directing the shoot, the, ar- those, the architects and designers directing the shoot. Um, and I had never done that before. I'd never done like a social distance shoot before. So, so you do like live streaming with them or like yeah, somehow so I basically? Out. I was nervous about it because this was kind of thrown together kind of quickly and they told me on a Friday that uh, that we were going to do the shoot, but that they were going to be there and that, that we needed to communicate back and forth with images and their input back and forth. So I reached out to people on uh, Facebook and stuff. And it seemed like the consensus was tether to your laptop and then share that screen with the client via yeah, Zoom that makes or whatever. Sense. That makes and sense. This client happened to be on Microsoft Teams, just another version of a Zoom program. And so that's how we did it the whole day. It was so like a, just tethering off your phone for internet or something like that. Or like yes. Wi-Fi and so that was also the other thing that happened. We got in this office and since no one had been in there, the Wi-Fi wasn't working and that was like essential to this whole shoot. Right. So yes. So we, I, uh, I, I, I got internet from my phone and uh, just turned on my phone, LTE, and that was fast enough wow. to run everything What a all time day. to be alive, I know, man. it was crazy. It was pretty incredible. It was crazy. And so it went really well, and it was like a long shoot, too. It was like eight, nine hours that day, all day, and they were on the meeting all day, and I was sharing uh, those images, and every time I took a picture, they could give me instant feedback about where they wanted something moved or what they wanted done, or if we had people in the shots, where they wanted people and we made those those moves and I'd take another shot. They could see that. We'd adjust and it just went seamless like that all day as if they were kind of there. It's pretty Maybe cool. Not quite as good as them being there. Um, but I mean, pretty, but, I mean especially considering that they're in Chicago and you're in Dallas. Right. And they're sitting at home or yes. whatever. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so it got me thinking like a lot of things that this year has changed maybe for the, the, the future, you know, foreseeable future or forever. Um, I could see this where when a company might want to save money in the future, say COVID's gone, but a company still wants to save money in the future and doesn't want to fly three people from Chicago into Dallas to get rental cars and and airplane tickets and hotels and food and all that for three people. That's a lot of money. Yeah. They, They do a virtual... Hire an extra person on set to run right. the, the communications. Yes. That was the only other thing I would have had that day if I'd known a little bit further in advance that we were going to do that was I'd have had like a digital tech who was on the, on that laptop operating all day. But Isaac, if you ever need again, somebody that knows how to do that, <laughs> exactly. Call vacation. I, yeah, I didn't have enough time to hit you up. I definitely, that's what I would have done. Um, but Isaac did a great job and, and was able to run that. We, he and I communicated all weekend, like, what do you think we should do? And back and forth and let's test this out. And okay, you test the laptop and I'll test my iPad that I usually shoot off of all weekend. And we just came to a conclusion that that would be the best, cool. most stable deal. And that's what worked. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Man. Did you have any like plan of action or, or coming into this or coming through this stuff or did you... 
I'm, yeah. Like what all did you do? Cause I know, I know that you mentioned, uh, we were hanging out a couple weeks ago and you mentioned that you're like, I'm just doing architecture now. I don't have anything else on my website. Right. And I know for a while that you had had mostly architecture galleries as the forefront of this is what I do. Right. But then you had an other section that was like portraits and product, product and some so other like things food, like that. Whatever, yeah. So yeah. So as of uh, like last year, I took pretty much all that stuff off the website altogether and just decided that I just wanted to do straight architecture. I felt like I've got to that point in my career now where um, that's all I want to focus on and that I, I can stay busy enough with that in normal times, at least, um, to just focus on that. Or even now in tested like COVID weird times, um, I can also just stick with that and, and do fine. And so, uh, yeah, so I took as much as I like shooting people and as much as I like shooting product and as much as I like shooting all these other things or whatever, I just want to focus on one thing and become well known for that that when you think of, oh, well, who's a good architectural photographer in Dallas? My name is one of the, you know, one of the people that comes up. Yep. And uh, like that, that, that's what Wade does. That's what he focuses on. That's his deal. Go to him. And so, and I want to be able to focus all my attention and time there so that I become that, that much better at it. Because just like anything else, if you're dividing your time up between things, you're pretty good at all of them. But if you can really focus on one thing, no matter what it is in life, and do that all the time, you become... You really, can really master it. Yes, you yeah, can really you master, master it really well. Yeah, yeah. So during the time whenever you were not having, when you like you didn't have work for those couple of months, yeah, were you still paying Isaac or employees or anything like that, yeah, or how did you handle cool all that stuff? That, um, once again, I just find myself really fortunate to have have had a really great year last year. So I had money saved up. Um, I'm not a person who carries a lot of debt. Um, and uh, just try to be good with my money. And so going into this, I had uh, two guys with me. Uh, I had a guy, uh, Moises, who uh, had just come over from Columbia and uh, was my intern at that time, but I kind of um, was paying him uh, part-time. And then Isaac, who I was paying full-time. And uh, I've really felt a responsibility to both those guys to just keep them paid and employed as much as I possibly could, even if we were really slow. So we did all kinds of stuff just in that downtime, even like that we normally wouldn't do, like revamped my whole website and came up with a, uh, uh, a thing on my website where clients can go on there and fill out a request for an estimate and put all the details of the job that they want me to shoot. And then I can get back to them, uh, you know, with a, with a quote, uh, based on those, those questions that we asked, because I, I was trying to think of all these things that take up my time all the time. And one of those things for all of us creatives is a client calling you and asking you like, how do you work? How much do you charge? What would this job cost? And you kind of repeat that over and over and over again, thousands and thousands of times. And so I thought, let's just come up with a form and they can fill out the form. It's all the questions that I always ask a client to be able to give them a proper estimate. And so now I just receive emails uh, with, with all the answers I need. I, and I can turn around a quote a lot faster without having to have a whole lot of back and forth that you know is wasting everybody's time. So that was cool. And we tried to do more stuff like that also we came up with a, a stock photography site where all of my jobs, so uh, when I shoot for a client, when I, when I shoot a job, an architectural job, I'm usually shooting it for one client or maybe two if they're cost sharing the job together, like an architect and a, and a general contractor or something. But a lot of times I'm just shooting the, the job even just for one person. But there's a lot of different companies involved in building 
and designing uh, buildings. So in every project, there's there's a lot of companies involved that were part of that project. So I thought, and and in the past, I've always sold those images that I shot to other companies as well, because they'd see it on my website or they'd see it on my social media and go, oh, cool, you shot that. We did the windows. Can we buy mm. you know five images from you of, of the windows or whatever? So we just wanted to make that like flow more too, because that was, that was something that took up a lot of time with somebody contacting me, Right, you can basically like pretty standardize that. Right, right. I mean, having to make a folder and a Dropbox folder and send it to them, then review the images, get back to me with which ones they wanted, and then uh, me put together an invoice, send it to them, and then then pay the invoice and the billing. So we just made a stock site, and so now every time I shoot a job, I put it on the site, and it's basically looks like Getty or something, a smaller version of Getty. But I, I did research all the stock sites and how they price and how they do the rights managed stuff or the royalty free stuff or whatever. And we made a little architectural stock site like that. So I don't have to do anything now besides when a client contacts me, I direct them to the stock site and they can go there and they can buy whatever images they want. I mean, I would imagine now too, anybody could get those too. So if you right. say that there's like a designer out there or somebody that is just looking for a great image of an architectural building right. or somebody that wants a badass print in their living room or yes. something, and they could probably go there and license that and buy that too that way, right? Yeah. I would think less people would buy it for artistic reasons, but that's a, definitely a possibility. Right. If I don't know. Your stuff looks pretty awesome, man. I, I mean, <laughs> it, it's, you look at it all the times. So it might not look so cool, but yeah. I think your work is amazing and there's well, thanks, plenty man. of pieces that I would hang up. I think. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. And if somebody was into architecture, they might, might do that. But, um, there are certain clients who want to keep it more private. And so if, if, if that's the case and they pay for the rights for no one else to use the images or something like that, um, then, then of course I won't put that up there, uh, if they do some kind of buyout or whatever, but if they also just want to keep it a little bit more private so that just nobody can just, just anyone can come on there and, and, and so take it's more images, selective. then we can, we can just put a password on, on, you know, that particular part of the site, like you would for right, a wedding site. Right, Certain like galleries are password protected. Exactly, password protected galleries. And then that way, when someone calls me, I can make sure they're legitimate, that they were legitimately involved in the project and everything. And then I can give them a password and they can log in. That's cool. The, yeah. What uh, what service did you use for that? I've been kind of uh, researching. Okay. Yeah, we've, we looked at a lot of different sites and Photo Shelter already had the whole thing put together. And I was looking at some other uh, photographers that do the same thing and their sites were put together with Photo Shelter. And so it was like a whole back end that was just already there and like really well done and uh, just made the whole process like super smooth. So That's I was cool. like, okay, let's go in that, this direction. Is that geared specifically just for photography? Or does it, will it handle think, other types of media? I think media? it can handle other, other types of media, but I think a lot of photographers in mm -hmm. general use Photo Shelter uh, for their website and then also for a back end for selling, okay. for selling whatever it is that they cool. have, whether it's t-shirts or memorabilia or photos or prints or whatever, because it can do all these things. Oh, so it'll do physical fulfillment too? Yes. Oh, the, okay. yes. Yeah, well, well, you have to select who you want to fulfill it through but then you'd link them up to the photo shelter site. So like I have on there that people can order prints, but it's hooked up to uh, BWC here in Dallas. Oh, yep. So if somebody orders the prints, it'll send it to BWC, they'll fulfill the order and they'll, and they'll ship it to the person, um, which is super cool. So you could do that with anything. You that's do that pretty cool. And do they mugs, pass through whatever. and pay BWC yes, for you and everything? That's right. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I should like, check that one out. Cut. Yeah. Yeah. Cause right. I've been kind of looking in and the couple that I had looked at was like Podia and yeah. Gumroad. Yeah. 
So they have certain ones that you can select from on the site, like major, like, you know, US right, or right, New right, York right, or LA yeah. or whatever. But then they have like other local ones that you can select from too, if you'd rather use somebody to fulfill stuff locally. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Uh, I guess the last question yeah. for this, this little short interview is, uh, is there anything that you think that people like freelancers ought to be kind of thinking about or certain mindsets that they should be in, in times like this, either currently or like in the future yeah. to be able to handle it well and make it through? Yeah. I mean, this has been a weird, crazy time that has us all thinking and then thinking some more and trying to figure out what we're doing with our lives and uh, what we should be focusing on and all these kind of crazy things. But, um, uh, you know, I work around a lot of other creatives. I know you and lots of other creatives and I see different people's lives and what we're all doing. I think um, diversifying what you do or being able to go in a different direction if you have to is good and fine and also really helps during hard times if you're lifeline is kind of cut off of what you do or, or how you make money, you know, as a professional. So it's nice if you can have other options to go to during rough times to where you can be like, okay, if one area of my income is cut off, I can go do this other thing, at least for a little while. And it, that just gives you more options. It gives you more ways to go. So I've heard this, you know, keyword now a lot during the last few months of pivoting or, or you know, to, having to pivot. Um, but that's, I think there's like some real truth in that. And, and, and for all of us that don't have like, we don't work for a company, we don't have a steady salary. And even for those people, like they could just be fired or laid off right, because yeah. like whatever. So at least I feel like we have the freedom to kind of control what we do a little bit more by saying, okay, if all the photography stops, well, then maybe I can go do this kind of thing for a while, whatever that is, mm -hmm. whatever else might be, you might be interested in, whatever else you might have some skill sets at, um, you can go do. And um, I've seen a lot of, artists and photographers doing that right now. I work with a guy, Justin Clemens, and he is doing like a, a full, like online tutorial class, like photography school for people where he has, it's like subscription based, but people sign up and he teaches them like one-on-one -on -one via Zoom and other programs uh, and, and, and communicates with them through Facebook, but he's like an online teacher that's pretty he cool. Shows them lighting, um, like, th and this could be somebody who doesn't really even know anything. He's going through all the equipment that he works with, one piece by piece, and so you're learning, getting to learn from a professional. And this isn't just like watching a tutorial that you downloaded online; like it's live, mm -hmm. and so it's a teacher, a professional. Mm -hmm. And so that was, I mean, that's just one example of somebody like saying, "Okay, this is something I'm going to do different for a little bit," and then you know maybe when things change later, maybe I go back to doing what I was doing before. But for now, this is, this is something different I'm going to do and be able to enjoy it, you yeah. know? Yeah. I, I kind of think that freelancers are better prepared probably in times like this than people that have what would be considered consistent jobs. Right. Because freelancers are used to being unemployed and losing gigs and always being on the hunt for the next one. But yes. the person that's got that steady gig that's been working there for 10 years, yeah. they're not really worried about needing to find a job and they're not in that mode. And so when that job gets cut, like, oh shit, I don't know what to do. Right. And, uh, 
I don't know. It's kind of interesting because yeah, no, I was thinking it, about it, that. It I was like, well, it's not much. You, in life, in general, when you rely on one thing all the time, if that thing gets taken out from underneath you, it's hard. Yeah, to recover and to think about what you should do, your mind kind of goes fuzzy and you get all shaken and you don't really know what to do. When you're in a in a career or when you're doing some kind of freelance or uh, you're an entrepreneur and you, and you, and you're always having to change and shift with the times or whatever's going on, it does make you, I think, more uh, adaptable mm-hmm. uh, to, to changing and, and doing what you need to do to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks for coming on. Yeah, Appreciate man. it, man. It's always yeah. fun to catch up with you. Good talking to you, Casey. Yeah. I'm so thankful for people like Wade in my life over the years. He has been a big help to me in many ways from being a good friend to giving me great business advice to being someone that I can look up to and aspire to be like because I see the way that he runs his business, how he communicates with his clients, and it really is a sight to see in my opinion. And uh, on top of that, he has hired me a few times for gigs, which he's kind of mentioned a couple of times, which has been really nice. So I'm just really thankful to have him in my life. Wade, if you hear this, thanks so much for being around, man. I'm really thankful for you. And I hope that our relationship just continues to grow over the years. October 13th will mark the three-year mark since I began producing the Freelance Friday podcast. And uh, though it has been off and on, it has been a fun journey and I plan to continue that journey. And it does take time and resources and I right now would really like to be able to hire an editor to be able to handle some of the workload. I feel like that I have things distilled down to a process pretty well and it's kind of time to start finding somebody to hand those reins over to. But that does come with an added cost. And for the last three years, I've produced this without making any money from it and just paying for it out of my pocket. And so now I am turning to you listeners to ask for your support financially. I have purposefully not even attempted to try to get advertisers on this show because I prefer an ad-free listening experience. However, There comes a time when new costs are incurred and business begins to grow, which seems to be what is happening with the podcast. And so there are a couple of ways to go about this. One is that I could pursue advertising ventures and look for fundraising through those means, but I would rather not bombard you all with ads, you know, unless a company comes along that I really agree with, I would consider then if it was a great deal and it was a product that I really stand beside or a service. However, I would rather not do that. And I would really rather just be able to be listener supported, which is where you come in. And uh, the best way to do this is through Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash vacacy. And just for a base Patreon membership subscription right now to be a patron is $3 a month. It's not very much about a cup of coffee or uh, maybe half a cup of coffee if you like to get stuff like me sometimes whenever you, know, you get nice stuff I tend to like a nice matcha latte with oat milk recently I'm going to be real honest with you again that is at patreon.com slash and I'm so thankful for those of you that are considering doing this and that will hopefully join so I, I believe that we have a lot of life left in us with this podcast and that we are just getting going 
and having an editor on board would really be helpful in being able to grow the show and continue putting more energy and effort into it so that it can be what I believe that it is supposed to be. And that again is patreon.com slash vacacy for just $3 a month. And once I figure out more of what to offer, we'll probably have some different tiers and stuff, but would love to have our base level patrons weigh in on that which is one of the things that I plan to do in conversation on the Patreon at patreon.com slash Casey. Now, let's talk to Scott Slusher. A freelance person, you meet new people every day. Yeah. So that's part of what you have to be okay with is like, if you want to be in freelance work, I think, at least mine, you have to be okay with meeting a new person or multiple new people every day and recreating a work working relationship with those people in order to make your job come out. It, it, no matter if you're a designer or, you know, if you a builder, I mean, that's still freelance stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's contract work. Which is what freelance I'm, stuff I, yeah. is. It's just, yeah. I mean, calling it by different names basically. Yeah. I mean, if you're a, can I cuss on this deal? Yeah. I don't care. If you're an asshole, nobody wants to work with you. Yeah. Unless you're like really freaking good at it. But, but even then it's kind of like, yeah, it's uh, like eh, this person's just as good at it, but they're actually like cool and they're fun to hang out with. And that's, that's what I bring. I hope. It's oh, just you fun. seem like you have a cool vibe. <laughs> <laughs> just fun and easy, you know? So that's, that's part of the, what I try to do is like, as long as we're having fun, then the rest is, mm-hmm. is whatever it, whatever it needs to be. I kind of feel like, that uh, as I get older, more and more, I'm like, man, adults are just kids that are grown up. Totally. And we're all still playing dress up. Right. Right. Like I was thinking about last night about I'm, I'm like sitting in my loft looking over at my bookshelf and I see my yearbooks. And I'm like, dude, I haven't opened those things in forever. Right. And and do I ever look through them? And, and just like this kind of started this thought train. And then I started thinking about how. I went to private school and we wore uniforms and then, you know, you go in, you have this schedule every day, kind of, you do this stuff. And then every year you get new headshots taken for the yearbook. And then I was like, holy shit. It's, 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 it's the young, like working class right? because then as adults, you keep doing the same thing. You put on your suit and tie and you go into a job every day and you get a new headshot for LinkedIn once a year or whatever, <laughs> or whoever, you know, like something like that. <laughs> and I'm thinking it. about like these photos and portraits and I'm like, it's literally like, it's the same thing. Right. It's an adult getting a headshot in a studio like that's he would as deep. like, that's too deep. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas on the flip side, I'm not like that. I don't really um, fall into that quite as much, but I didn't go to school, like a, pri- a proper school until high school, and I was homeschooled before that. So I had the, the ability to, an, an opportunity to work, do my schoolwork when it worked for me, mm-hmm. as long as I got it all done, and I get to go out, play outside, and do all the things that I... Sounds way better. And that's what I do now. I'm like, I'm not going to go into a fucking job all the time. Like, no, I just want to play around. I want to have fun with my friends and find a way to just keep doing that stuff. That's basically what I do is uh, a lot of my friends, you know, one of my jobs was um, uh, Red Fork Water 
company. It's basically like they supply water to the oil rigs and they pump sand into it and fracking and all that kind of stuff. And so one of my friends is the president of that. And he was like, hey, we need like pictures for our website, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, sweet, where are y'all at? When do you want to do it? Let's do it. And so it's basically the same thing. And I was like, hey, I want to take portraits of all your workers there. He's like, oh, it's, that's fantastic. You know, what else do you want to do? And I'm like, dude, I want to get people like working. You know, I want to be, a, you know, I want to get into it because I've never been around it. And that's what people want to see. Mm-hmm. Like there's a picture of an oil derrick, but what's going on on that oil derrick? You know what I mean? Like there's old pictures of that stuff, but that's what I want to bring is like, I want to bring from my pictures, I want people to feel like they're there. Like I don't, when I'm at a ranch or something like that, I don't want to be back on the sidelines. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want to be up in I it. I want to really... be up in it. And I don't want to, and I have enough street smarts to where I know the places I need to be and the places I don't need to be. And that's a being observant of where you're at and knowing what's going on and taking pictures while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I shoot, you know, in studio and you have to have this hat on, you have to have that hat on. And that was what I like at the end of, was it last year or this year? I don't, it was the end of last year. I was like, look, I'm doing all this stuff, this Western lifestyle stuff. I need to be doing all this other corporate stuff that I was doing while it was coming up. And so it's like, I need to do everything. That's what my job is, is to do everything. I, I need to be engrossed in this, but I need to be engrossed in this, and I need to be engrossed in this and do it all at once. So that was kind of my whole thing as far as my goals. And then out of the deal, I, I, got, a, I got a rep out of the deal. You know what I mean? Like that was something I put way up top on the very highest mountain to climb because being a freelance person, you start down at the bottom baseline and you work your way up this mountain and it takes a lot of self-drive just like how you were talking yeah. like man I, I want to do this I don't want to do this I want to do this I don't want to do this it has never been I don't want to do this I want to do it I want to do it all same it's I want to you know for you it's like I want to interview these people I want to shoot for those people you know what I mean like those however I meet them however you know and other people come along you know, at the same time, you know, that's, I, I do a lot of manifesting. I do a lot of praying and all kind of stuff. And a lot of that stuff is just, you know, I don't say, Hey, I want to, I want to directly shoot. It's better to be more precise on a manifestation or stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, I want to walk down these paths and I want those people to walk down these paths towards me is basically what I ask for. Like all the time, like, if it's meeting somebody along the way and shaking their hand, that's part of it too. Somebody a long time ago told me, it was like, you know, being a freelance and all that kind of stuff, like they were like, you want to be known for your pictures? I was like, yeah, I want to be known for my pictures, but I also want to be known for everything else I do. Like I drive an old truck. I have a horse trailer that has my my name on the side of it. It's like, that's all part of it. Like your business cards, when people pick up your business cards, they're like, oh man, that's a great business card. You know, like when they go to your website, man, those are great pictures. When they see you, they're like, dude, that person is interesting looking. I want to be a part of, you know, anything, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's, I think it's everything. You know, you have to be such a well-rounded 
person, especially these days, but especially if you're freelance, you're kind of doing yeah. everything. Yeah. I mean, you're kinda, your own marketing person. Yeah. If you can have people helping you along the way, cause it does, it's, you have to have help along the way. And that's people that, you know, like, you know, Justin Clemens, like he reached out, you reached out, all that kind of stuff. And that was kind of one of those deals where it was just like, yeah, I'll do it. Why not? Yeah. You know, I don't have, you know, Monday at 930 on on Monday. Well, sure, whatever. I don't care. What uh, You mentioned that you, uh, whenever you're shooting stuff, that you kind of try to, like you've, you know how to kind of stay out of the way or like where you need to be and where not. When you were a kid, were you? That was my job. Were you like super involved or like always like really interested in how things worked? Yeah. Because I was, uh, it sounds kind of like similar to me where I'm like, I very, uh, I kind of like to be a fly on the wall in situations, especially if I'm doing like lifestyle photography. I was like, what do you want us to do? I'm like, you just do your thing. That's if I need anything, if I need anything, I'll tell you, but y'all just pretend like I'm not here. Yeah. And I might ask some questions to try to kind of get an understanding of where I need to be ahead of you to try to be a couple steps ahead. Uh, but I think some of that is just kind of being able to do that started as a kid where like if some, you know, my parents had an AC technician come over to work on the air conditioning or whatever. I would be standing right there. Yeah, totally. like, what are you doing? How does this do? What are you kind of, you know, I don't really ask questions. I just watch really. I ask a few questions cause I don't, I'm kind of like, eh, this is his job. I don't want to be like, what, what is that? You know what I mean? Like if something's like out of the ordinary, then I'll say it. But I was born to be an assistant. I mean, that was from early on. I was attached to my dad's hip. I was attached to my grandpa's hip. I was attached to every anybody who was out doing something. I was attached to their hip. And I was, if I missed it, dude, I was pissed. <laughs> you know, like at going to my grandpa's ranch and all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If my dad let me sleep in, I would be like, and I missed breakfast. If I miss breakfast, then I miss basically the whole day. Because it's like, if I'm not ready to go, they're out the door and they're horseback, they're in the truck, they're off doing their own thing and all that kind of stuff. And the same thing uh, at the other grandparents' house, uh, farm in Kansas. Both of them were in Kansas, but the other one was a farm. And same thing. If I was, if somebody grabbed my attention, like my cousins or something like that, and the my grandpa or something like that was already left and went to go feed cows or you know, hop on a tractor or something like that, dude, I was, it was a wreck. I was like, I don't want to miss that. And I kind of, my son's not really the same. Like he's kind of like more like, eh, whatever you're doing, it's cool. I kind of wish he was more, cause like yesterday I was like, I was, I was working on, you know, just odds and ends of the house and all kind of stuff. And my dad was doing that. He always would have put me to work, but it's not like anything strenuous. I'm right. like a nine-year-old, you know. Well, especially I mean? if you're around and it's, it's obvious that you're engaged and wanting to do it. It's like, oh, you want to do something? Yeah. Like, here, here, you can go go do this thing. Yeah. I mean, my dad was always like, you know, we had a bunch of motorcycles and he was like, we need to, you know, this motorcycle's not running right. We need to, we need to take the carburetor off and check it out and do all this kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's check that out, you know. Or, hey, we're washing a truck today. Sweet. I'll, I'll help wash the truck. You know, I want to do that. You know, it was anything and everything. So and where did, where did the photography kind of come into this? Is it something you've always been an interest, had interest in that? Or looking back on it, yes. Like I was on the newspaper staff, but I was a writer, and I was always like, I had an inner urge to always be in that dark room with the with the photographers because I was always like super intrigued by it. But also at the same time, I was like, eh, you know, I don't know. 
And so then <laughs> the um, at growing up, my dad was like a hobbyist photographer, and I have a bunch of I have all of his cameras, and even my, some of my mom's cameras. But it was just you know here you you take the camera and you take pictures, and he didn't ever say you know. Here's how he didn't ever show me how to work it. He was just like, here, you, you figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, I think he maybe did, but I was just, you know, or it was on a setting where I couldn't mess it up. And I don't even know where some of those pictures are, but I remember like one, like an imprint in my brain, like was, I don't even remember where we were at, but I just remember like at some point I was just kind of. And I was never, my dad never said like, hey, take a picture of all of us. It was just like, whatever you see, take a picture of, you know? It was just kind of left open to me. And so I remember one time we were somewhere and I was just kind of like taking pictures of, you know, I remember a water scene. I don't remember where we were or anything, like, but I just remember taking pictures of just, you know, landscape stuff. So a few things I was interested in. But I, I then... I wasn't around anybody, like, from latter part of years of high school or um, beginning parts of college and all that kind of stuff. I didn't—I wasn't around anybody who did anything. And so I was just—I just kind of was a, a free person for a little while, like, just a couple of years. Until one day I, I had, like, a—my my mom was and my sister and I were having— dinner or something like that in Tulsa. And my sister had mentioned, had was telling a story of her friend and her son went to art school, like fashion design school. I was like, dude, I didn't know something like that even existed. I knew like my sister went to Oklahoma state and was in fashion merchandising. And I was always like fashion merchandising. I don't really know what that is. Like that sounds more like the business part of it. Like the artistic side of it sounds a little bit more interesting. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to check this out. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. So that kind of came about. I went home, hopped on the computer, and was, like, checking out Art Institute. And the closest one was there was either Kansas City or Dallas. And I was like, oh, check out the one in Dallas, you know, because that's where he went and all that kind of stuff. And so I was checking it out and ended up I just applied and, like, got an email, like, the next day, you've been accepted. You start school in, like, two weeks. And I was like, oh, shit. So kind of told them, and they were like, whoa, okay. You know, and so moved all my stuff down, and here I am in Dallas. Car gets broken into the first first night. Called my dad, and he was like, "Well, welcome to the neighborhood," you know. <laughs> and so I was like, "Okay." So start going to start going to class. I'm like, you know, I don't even know how old I'm. I'm like 22 or 23 or something like that. I'm old older now, and I really am. I don't have hardly. I know a couple people in Dallas, but I don't. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like reached out to him and like let's hang out or anything like that. So I was like, let's just let's get into this. And I had to take like, you know, a math class and a like maybe like a a speech class and all that kind of stuff. And they were all like three hours long. And I was like, oh my gosh, what what am I gonna do in a math class for three hours? Like, what the heck am I gonna do, dude? It started out as like the first hour was let's learn this. Second hour was let's Let's take a test over this. And then the third hour was let's do homework, and then you can go home. Dude, I made straight A's. I made the dean's list. Dude, I never made straight A's in my life. That's interesting. They were giving you time in class to really, like, section out to do all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was. That's how they did it. And I was like, dude, you can't forget it. That's why 
I wasn't all that great in school is because like you have six classes in a day and one each hour. And then you, you're like in a, this class for an hour, you learn it somewhat. And then you go to the next one, your brain, my brain was like, okay, we're on to the next class. I I, I can't keep up with that. Especially if it's like different processes as, as I have, I've never really thought about it this way, but I could see why it would be really difficult as a child to be able to keep up with all that stuff because as an adult, whenever I think about doing my work, it's like there's some days where I separate some days. It's like, this is a day for creative work. This is a day for business admin work. And that's because years ago, I would try to flip back and forth between both and the amount of time it would take me to just mentally transition from one thing to another. I'm just like spending all this time. I'm like, this is just not a great use of time. Right? So yeah. Just it's like multitasking on a on a six class day. Like an adult doing that would have a really hard time. Yeah. I think. Especially if it's something you don't know at all yeah. and your brain's developing and like you're trying to, to retain geometry all to science to home ec to, it's like, dude, once I got out of high school, I was like, man, I I got to have a break, dude. My brain is like mush, you know, mm-hmm. that's how I felt. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't really want to do anything right now. I don't know what I want to do. I think that was part of it. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And my parents, they didn't put any pressure on me to figure it out. They were just like, you just, my mom always told me like, as a young kid, she was like, you will go to art school. I don't know what you're going to do, but you're going to go to art school. And I was always like, I don't paint. What am I going to learn to paint? I was a decent drawer, but I was like, eh. what? I mean, what was happening as a kid that made your mom I don't see know. that or think that? I was always like an artist. I just how I see my son. My son's very like this. My my wife and I are very like creative people, and so he's the exact same way. I wish he would be like, eh, I'm really good at math and all this other stuff, and like didn't get those same genes that we got, but he's totally just like us. Like he's just, but he has the work ethic. I have, I have a great work ethic, but not as, as a good work ethic as my wife. My wife has a fantastic work ethic. Like, and he has that, he has both sides where he's just like, I'm, I'm okay with working on this. I was like, I want to work on this and I want to get to the next thing. That's, and I think that has something to do with, like, as a freelance person, you work on something, you're in, you're in it, and you're doing it, and then once it's over, it's pretty much over. Yeah. Besides, you know, you hand the images to the client, and you're like, here you go. You know, that you guys, you want me to retouch them, or you guys retouching them? All right, sweet. You guys retouching them? Sweet. I'll see them in six months, six to eight months. When you guys are finished with them, they'll either be on a billboard magazine, whatever you guys do with them, that's great. I'm on the next project. You know what I mean? That's kind of how it, how I was as a kid kind of growing up, even as a young adult, you know what I mean? But my Mm -hmm. wife is like, I'm working on this project. I'm going to work on this project and I want it to be, and he's the same way. He's just like, he's, he's deep into it. And you know, he's, and he's not like trying to speed through it or anything like that. He's real slow and meticulous about it and stuff like that. That's good. Yeah. It's going to make, it's going to, I think it's going to lend to some good work as he, as he gets older and stuff. Yeah. What, uh, can I go back to yeah, 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 yeah. the photography deal? Cause I, I just wanted to finish that before. Um, so, um, go through fashion design school, all that kind of stuff, you know, fashion drawing, sewing, all that kind of stuff. I was really good at it. I, it, they had like sewing machines that were, you know, kind of like your, like you could get it a sewing store or something. And then they had like these industrial ones 
And everybody was like, you know, let's not, I don't want to get on those, those big industrial. I was like, dude, I'm sitting down at this one. If I'm going to learn how to do this, I'm going to get this big one. It's, it's fast and it's, you know, it's speedy and all that kind of stuff, but I'm going to learn how to do it. And it was kind of a cool process because it's like anything you make, A, you have to start out, you make your pattern and all that kind of stuff, a lot of math. I'm not very good at math. So I, I got through that and everything. And then it was like you make everything twice, which I didn't really know. In school you do. And you make everything out of like it's called a muslin and all that kind of stuff. And you make it, it's just like a practice. And then you fit that and make sure it fits. And then you tweak it and all kinds of stuff. And then you make it out of your, oh, okay. your, your real fabric that you're going to use. I'm guessing cause you were going to cut it up or you might like make some alterations yeah, along a, the way. Yeah. You want to, so you, you don't like, want to just do your final like outfit and, and be like, damn it. I wish I would have done this or something. Uh, like when you see it on TV, it's all speedy and they have to do it that way. But in the real process, they make it out of something else, a muslin and then make sure it all fits and all kind of stuff. And then I'm sure they use the same fabric. I mean, like where, like uh, in an art school, you're on a budget and all kind of stuff. So the muslin is a cheap fabric. And so you can just, if you mess up, then you can just, you know, undo it and resew it and be like, yeah, this, you know, this works. You kind of get through your hiccups before you do the real thing. And so, uh, did all that, you know, everything like that. And then I meet my wife along the way. Um, she uh, is very was very involved in the Art Institute of Dallas, like in the fashion deal. She was president of this and all kind of stuff. And there was always fashion shows going on and stuff like that or um, things that needed to be done on the weekend or you could just, you know, learn to do this. You know, like, hey, we're having – there's a fashion show at, at market Dallas Market going on. We need some volunteers. And, and I would just kind of be sitting there and, and – I was like, eh, do I want to do that? Or and and Lisa would be like, yeah, Scott will do it, you know. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll do that. So we just, you know, we were we were friends and all kind of stuff. And along the way, she and I started hanging out and all kind of stuff. And then just just kind of went from there. But it was her idea for me to do. It came time for my internship, and I was like, you know, her brother went to school there. And then, you know, she, and she's a clothing stylist. One of her brothers is a, is a clothing stylist and all kind of stuff. And I was like, well, I guess I'll be a stylist, you know? And, and she was working for another uh, stylist because it's like a mentorship, basically, you know, just like photo assistants and all kind of stuff and digital techs, you kind of work for somebody else for a while and then you kind of figure it out, get your own stuff. And then boom, you just hit the ground running and, you know, figure it out along the way and stuff like that. So it's like... That's what she was doing, and uh, his name is Jay Evers, and phenomenal stylist here in town. And they were both kind of like, you want to be a stylist? Like, eh, why don't you try something? What about photography? And I was like, all right, you know, whatever. You know, it's an internship. What do I got to lose? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they're going to hand me a camera and make me start shooting or anything like that. And I was like, oh, okay. So I call they gave me two people. They were like, this person is, it works all the time. And this person works all the time. So I called, I called, I called that person and he was like, yeah, I'll take some free labor. You know, I was like, okay. So, I mean, it was just like gangbusters for, you know, I was weed eating and mowing and all that time, all that kind of stuff. Like I didn't know how to, you know, I didn't know what a C stand was. I, every day I was writing stuff down. I was like, that's a C stand and a C stand arm. And that's a sandbag. And you know, there's terminology that you don't, 
know about. And I worked with a lot of other great assistants that were, that, you know, were helping me out and all kind of stuff that were like, you know, hey, Slusher, you know, let's, you know, this is a C-stand dude and this is how this works and, you know, all kind of stuff. So it's the people that you meet along the way. Like if you get on set, there was a couple of sets that I went to that were just like, they were just like, who, no. And I'm like, dude, y'all suck. Like, be be cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like they just had something against you or something? I don't know. It was just like, this is our thing. You okay. Know? There was one photographer that I worked for, and it was just like, I'm not going to mention any names because that's just not right. Yeah. But it was like, and I'm not talking bad. I'm just saying like, it was like, like, we go and do this photo shoot and all that kind of stuff. And, and actually, you know what? I'm not going to even talk about because it it's not even worth it. But that's how I got into it. It was just, you know, my wife's idea. And I started to... Um, uh, she actually got me a, uh, Mamiya 645 film camera. Um, when I graduated, she bought it from the photographer that I was working for. And I started shooting with that. And, um, he would kind of give me like, like homework. He was like, dude, F stops, practice your F stops, you know, write down your F stop, shut, write down your shutter speed and write down your ISO and take a picture, change it, write it down take a picture, remember all that kind of stuff. And then when you get the film back, you know what everything looks like. And my mother-in-law actually bought me a book. Like, I don't even know. It's like photography for beginners or, you know, I don't even know what else. So I read that book and I was just like, once I learned what the camera does and all kind of stuff, dude, it was cake from there. I mean, it was like a hidden talent that I didn't even know I had. That's it's cool. Just, it's just, if you have an eye for it, it's, it's, it's there. Do you, I mean, do you feel like that's something like as far as an eye for it, do you think that's something that's developed or is it something that's just kind of innate in your opinion? In my opinion, you can definitely get away with it, but you definitely see it when somebody's pictures are like, dude, that's a really great picture. And I see a lot of really great pictures. People that if you see it on Instagram or if you see it on, I think, yes, you can refine it and, and make it, but you got to know it. And I still, you, I still, I travel a lot and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, man, I, I really, wish, I really wish I had time to pull over and just take some pictures of all this kind of stuff or something like that. But I mean, you have to, I don't know. I don't want to say, I don't want to like discourage anybody and be like, dude, that guy said that you, could, you can't do this. You got to have, you know, it's you, an eighth. No, you know, I, I don't know. No. Yes and no. For me, it, it, it's, I just shut everything down and just let it all go. Just turn my brain off and start taking pictures. Just kind of be in the moment with the camera. Yeah. Uh, that's what I do. I mean, I, I'm, I, subconsciously, I know I have to be out of the way for this or something like that. But literally, like, if I can just turn everything off in my brain and just do what I'm supposed to do, then there's some good stuff. But when I turn my brain on, dude, it's like, don't do that. Why would you do that? Don't take a picture of that. Like, yeah, oh, there's that over there. And, you know, it's like, no. That's, just kind of start overanalyzing yeah, the situation. Like, just and, take just take the picture and just go about it and look at it. I mean, yeah, film-wise, like, you know, you got to take it a little bit more 
like in a digital world, you can just take a bunch of pictures and weed through it and edit through it and be like, this is the, really the one I want. You can still do it with film. It's just way more expensive. <laughs> and I wish I had the that time to to like when I see people shooting film, I'm like man, that is something I wish I had because it's something that takes a, a more time. Like um, somebody was taking our portrait one time um, at this Capitol gathering we have, and he was just like phenomenal, great photographer. But I could tell that he waited, he waited till the very end and was like, ah, I need, I want to take this picture. And he was, it was, you know, a four by five. So that takes even more time to, you know, set this up, you know, do all this kind of stuff. And people are kind of standing around, you know what I mean? And as a person who takes pictures, I remember working for other photographers and kind of watching other people like you know when like somebody's somebody's having their picture taken they get a little antsy they're just kind of like all right when's this going to happen what's going to happen you know it's just kind of one of those deals you're just kind of like look just i feel like there's an expectation or that they're supposed to be doing something yeah but they don't know what it is and so they're anxious trying to figure it out like ah and he was trying to set everything up and i felt i wanted to help but i also like don't want to mess anything up either so i was just kind of like I was telling all my friends, like, dude, just everybody just relax. I know everybody wants to leave. Hey, let's drink a beer or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm helping him out by being like, all right, let's just all relax and let him set everything up, get everything set. Because, if he, I mean, if what he's just going to waste some film. You know what I mean? Like, if it was just like a digital camera. And I've, I've read a lot of people, too. Like, they take a film camera, they take... And, you know, you see a lot of people, they have multiple cameras on when they're shooting stuff. And that's something else. Like, dude, I, I kind of want to, you know, you know, like, this camera does this, and this camera has this, and, you know, that kind of stuff. And you're just like, you know, it's, a, it's, it's just, a, you know, a different aspect mm-hmm. of everything. So whenever you... Uh you mentioned you got out of school and kind of your your wife now and, and some other people were kind of pushing you towards photography. Uh, once you started going in that direction, what's the kind of like storyline from that point into where you're at now? I, so at that time, you know, I'm working for a photographer that shoots like, his, his number one client was JCPenney. So it's like, bunch of lingerie and, you know, and lifestyle stuff is basically, you know, it's, we were on location, we were setting up big lighting, we were packing everything, doing all this kind of stuff. And so that's kind of all I really saw for, for a long time was that style of photography. And so, you know, it takes like a hair and makeup artist, uh, a stylist, style assistant, you have a producer, you have all these people to do all this stuff. So as I'm working my way up and all kind of stuff like you know it's fashion and all kind of stuff and you meet you're meeting all these people you meet like hair and makeup artists you meet stylists and all kind of stuff and you meet all these kind of and what you have to do is you have to work and build your portfolio with some of these people and all kind of stuff and I already have the stylist already so all I need is help with hair and makeup and everybody wants to work with like younger, younger, newer people and all kind of stuff because they might, no one's, I don't have any rules in my head. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like these are, I don't, I haven't had any clients tell me like, and that's another thing, like 
when you move on from one job to the next, you got to shut it off because those clients told you one thing, these clients told you another thing, you know, and those jobs are completely different. So you got to be, and you have to still do what you do. So you got to combine what those people do to what you do to make something come out to be as monumental as, as it can be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When people hire you and stuff like that. So working with, you know, all these people and it's like, okay, this model's really cool. I have a concept for this as a test. You know, we're not, we're not going to sell this to anybody. We're just, we're just going to put it in our portfolio and all kind of stuff. So that's kind of what people in the fashion world kind of do and all kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, so let's plan for this. And then it's like, oh, so-and-so got booked. Oh crap. So let's try to get somebody else in here to fill that spot. Cause you know, the model's still available. The style's still available. Well, oh, you know, it's just kind of like all these cogs that kind of have to work together and to come together to make something. And so at some point I was like, I have some of this stuff going on. It's pretty cool. You know, I've done a lot of them. And then I was like, you know what? Like maybe I should do some of this other stuff, you know, like maybe I should, you know, do something by myself. I was like, I need to do while I'm sitting around working on my portfolio and stuff like that. And, you know, digital teching and assisting and that kind of stuff. I, I think I need to be something was telling me I need to do something by myself. And so um, we used to go to this German fest all the time in uh, Munster, Texas, where my wife's from. And uh, one of the guys that was working there, his name's Jeff Besner, and he was, a, he was an everyday cowboy at a ranch in Throckmorton. And I was like, and so I would always, you know, go over there and hang out with him and all kind of stuff and like listen to all his stories, very good storyteller and all kind of stuff and a great person to be around. So I was kind of hanging out with him. And so one day I was like, I was like, hey, I'm going to call Jeff and see if I can just go out and take pictures with him and all, or take pictures of him. And I just didn't have – and uh, like Justin and, you know, Matt Hawthorne and Andy Klein are my studio mates. And they were like, you're going to do what? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just have a gut feeling that this is something I need to do. And kind of the same thing as, you know, the art school. It's like I have a gut feeling about this, you know. I have a gut feeling about that. It's, my life's always been something like that. It's like, if I have a good feeling about something, then it's it's the right way to go about it. I didn't know what I was doing, but at the same time. So I called my buddy who lives up in Gainesville, and I was like, hey, can I borrow your horse, a saddle, a horse trailer, and your truck? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you got going on? I was like, well, I kind of want to go take pictures of um, Jeff, and he knew Jeff, too, um, at the— at the Ari Brown Ranch in Throckmorton. And I was like, he was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'll drive your truck around for a week or whatever. And I was like, cool. So I go up there and I'll kind of spend a week and everything. And um, turns out they weren't really doing anything. But Jeff, the way he is, he made stuff. He was like, yeah, let's, we got to move these cattle from this pasture to this pasture. You know, and we're going to go this way. And Slusher, if you come up, you know, around over here, it's going to be a good picture. He was like a creative director for that photo shoot is basically what it was. And so I just put myself in those places and kind of was like, hey, my horse will go over this way. Let's go over here and, and this will be a good picture. Or, you know, it's real dusty. And it was like, the, I think it was 
like a drought year or something like that. And it was real dusty and it was just dirty and all that kind of stuff and getting up early and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And it was just really, really pretty pictures. And at that time I kind of, and I still do it. Um, I've kind of toned it down a little bit, but it's like, you know, moving these colors and pushing these colors and, and doing all this kind of stuff in, um, not in Photoshop and capture one, just kind of, and this is kind of before Lightroom, like Lightroom was there and all kind of stuff. How long, the, how long ago was this thing? I don't know. Um, I don't know. 12 years ago. Okay. Something like that. Okay. And it was just like, I, and I showed it to my studio mates and they were like, this, this is pretty good stuff. And so I entered it in like a couple of contests here locally and all kind of stuff. And one of them like won. it didn't win like first place. I don't know what it won. It was like, um, something, but I was like, Hey, if I've won something, I'm on the right track to doing something. So it just kind of started. I met through him, through Jeff, I met some more people, the more the networking, like, Hey, you know, I got access to go out here. And then I met this person and then it's just, and about that time, Instagram came out and I was kind of like, you know, Instagram, what's this all about? And Matt and Justin, and I would talk about it and all this, everything like that. And it, I started posting a couple of pictures, didn't really have a whole lot and all kind of stuff until like, I don't know, Instagram one day. Oh, so I would post like some cowboy, uh, lifestyle stuff. And, uh, I forget where I was. I, I was in Austin. I went to a, um, I think I went to a football game and I'm sitting there and I, and I had one of my buddies, um, we got access into the, um, the Longhorn locker room. And so I was posting pictures of the locker room and my phone just starts like blowing up. I'm like, what is going on here? Like I'm getting all these followers. Like, wow, they must really like that. I'm in, I'm in this locker room and I have access to it. <laughs> or <something like laughs> yeah. That. Well, what happened was I finally figured out that one, a guy that I follow, um, he had he got featured by um, uh, Instagram and mentioned me, and it was like, "Hey, you're you take pictures of this Western cool shit. Who are some of the other people's Instagram accounts that you like?" And he mentioned me, and I was like, "Dude, there's another sign. Like, I'm I'm on the right path to doing something. I don't know what that is." But it's I'm on the right path. And so it's just that's just kind of how it came about. It was like, you know, and now I split my time. I, I try to last year I didn't do a very good job of it. But this year I'll do a better job of it. just splitting my time up with, you know, doing the full gamut of everything. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like a mix of like commercial kind of stuff and with, with studio and all that versus yeah. lifestyle kind of. Yeah, like a personal project. People... I've made my personal project, and I probably spent way too long on my personal project, but whatever, I don't really care. It's one of those deals that has gotten me to where I am, so I can't say no to it. But it's just one of those deals where it's like my personal project has turned into my lifestyle of like, okay, my personal project of shooting cowboys uh, out at a ranch, being horseback and all that kind of stuff and learning a lot along the way. Like I, I, I grew up a little bit around it when I was a kid and all that kind of stuff. And it was something that I always wanted to do. So it's just one of those deals. Like, yeah, I, I would love to like, 
I don't know, like, um, there's a bunch of things that you can do to be your personal project that turns in. And I think there's a, that has turned into a lot of other things. Like I was also, um, um, two photographers that I really, really look up to Frederick Brodin and, um, gosh, I'm blanking on his name. Um, we were somewhere, uh, we were actually at a funeral and they like came up to me and they're like, Scott, you're doing some really cool stuff. I'm like, really? I'm like, dang, you're like, you guys are like really, really good photographers and you guys are telling me that I'm doing a good job. Like that's something that really stuck with me. It was just like, if those guys are telling me I'm doing some good stuff, then, you know, that, that's, that's positive. You it's know a lot of mean? validation. Yeah. Kind like, of. Go in that direction. Like people all the time like message me or email me and like, dude, I'm having some, you know, like issues or with my photography or something like that. I'm like, dude, just stick with it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it because there's a bunch of clients out there. I mean, you know, and some people like out at some of these ranches, there's multiple photographers and sometimes they're like, I haven't been around a lot of them when that's going on and all that kind of stuff, but there's usually a, at least another person there taking pictures and they're like, so should you have any problems with that? And I'm like, I have no problems with another photographer being there because A, I have a different eye than that person. We could be standing in the exact same, almost the exact same spot and taking a picture of the exact same thing, but my picture is going to be completely different than that person's. I don't care if you're there taking pictures, whatever. I mean, I have a different point of view than, than you do. Another photographer one time, we were at a, at a ranch and was like, he was like, do you ever get bored of doing this? And I was like, fuck no. Are you serious? There's no way. Like every time I go out, even if I'm in, even if we come here and do this, the same thing tomorrow. Today might be sunny. Tomorrow might be cloudy. Uh, those got all those people are wearing different things. Those guys might be wearing the same thing. I'm going to get in a different angle. They might do something completely different. Somebody's horse might blow up. Somebody might do something different. No, I don't ever get bored. Why would I ever get bored of anything? I'm out here on the top of a freaking mountain taking pictures of cowboys doing cool shit. Like, no. Have you, you mentioned having other photographers around. Have you ever had conflicts or like weird stuff come up doing that? Oh yeah. Cause I, it's interesting you mentioned that. Cause I actually had a, somebody I was talking to last week that uh, I've got a meeting with today and she was like, yeah, we have this shoot that we're wanting to do in a couple of days. And we're supposed to, it's, it's like a, uh, a food shoot for a restaurant. And she's going, we have, we're supposed to do a shoot with this other photographer on Thursday. You know, would you be interested in, in coming in and, and, you know, y'all could both shoot at the same time. And I was like, ah, uh, no, not really. And in my mind, I'm thinking they're going to have lighting. I'm going to have lighting. We're shooting food. And there could just be a lot of like stepping on each other's toes of just like logistically things could get a little haywire. I feel like, um, but then hearing you say this about like, oh yeah, I love having other people around. Like I have no problem with it. Kind of what, uh, I feel like maybe, maybe the scenarios that you're talking about are a little bit more, uh, free. lifestyle free off yeah. the cuff kind of documentary esque yeah. versus a spot or, you know, right. Kind of uh, I mean, even if somebody, I mean, I, I did a job not too long ago where I had to have a second shooter and phenomenal second shooter and all kind of stuff. So, I mean, 
I mean, we're both there trying to do the same thing, and we both have a different eye. We both do fantastic work. Yeah, somebody's going to judge you at the end of it, but who cares? You know, I, I did the best I could do. She did the best that she could do, and that's what life is all about. And whatever. I mean, we all get paid at the end of the day, and that's fine. I mean, I've had, yes, I'm not territorial, but other people are territorial. You know, they could come, they could be like, oh, what's he doing over there? I don't care what I'm doing over here. I'm doing my own thing. And that's fine. I mean, if, yes, if we might, you don't want to, so going back to what you say, like, okay, we're in a kitchen, not very much room in a kitchen or wherever, you know, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to be butting heads and make something as long as you are not creating something weird or gathering somebody else's energy and, and gathering their weirdness, then I don't think it's weird. So that's why I'm saying if you don't make it weird, that's not going to be weird. Who cares what that, who cares what that person's doing? You're there doing what you do and you do it to the best of your ability. And hopefully that person's doing the same thing, but it doesn't matter what that person has. That person doesn't bring anything to your table. They might, because you might learn something if you guys are cool with each other. But at the same time, it's like, and as, as a student, you know, as a photography student, I'm not, I wasn't a photography student, but a lot of people go out and they're all, as a group, they go out and let's all shoot homeless people on the, in you know, or, you know, or something like that, you know, like multiple students will go out together and, you know, let's go, I'll go shoot. And I was always kind of like, that is kind of weird, man. Like everybody's shooting the same thing. No, like everybody has a different high, like just be cool with it. You know what I mean? Like if you're cool with it, then hopefully that person will be cool with it too. But I have run across people that are, are also like super territorial and all kind of stuff. Like I was at, um, nothing like corporate or anything, just, you know, I was at a, like a rodeo in at Cheyenne Frontier Days and, um, tons of photographers. I mean, tons of photographers and, um, everybody's, you know, I, I don't know anything. I just know I want to take pictures of the rodeo. I want to do some cool stuff. And they're like, they were like, yeah, you can, you can be here, you know, and you can go out in that, in the, I forget what they call the middle deal where, um, you gotta have a, a longer lens. And that wasn't too, I wasn't too interested in that cause I want to be up in it and all kind of stuff. And there was this older lady photographer and she was there and, uh, I was, I had like my camera bag and like a bottle of water and all kind of stuff. And she was really sweet. I was like, hey, this older lady, like rodeo photographer, I'm sure she'd be doing it for forever. And I have no idea what her name was. She had, her son was there too. And um, they were both taking pictures. And what she was doing is she was getting underneath um, where all the cowboys stand, all the, all the rodeo guys, and had like a, I think like a 16 millimeter lens and putting it through like the bars where the where the bulls and horses were and all that kind of stuff and shoot as the shoot opens up she's getting like this cool rad shot through the underneath the underneath there and, and a perspective that would be really is a really 
you know, she's just getting underneath there and taking some pictures. Yeah, well, it's not like a typical vantage point. No, everybody else is like standing up and like, oh, you know, and everybody's you're getting some people's elbows in the shots and all kind of stuff. And I was like, all right, that was my first, that was literally, I think my first rodeo. And I don't shoot that many rodeos because everybody's, it's pretty territorial too. And it's just like, eh, if somebody's like, I hate to say this, but if somebody's paying me to do it and, um, then yes, uh, but kind of rodeo is already set with their people and all that kind of stuff. And those people get a little territorial. So anyway, so I get back to this Frontiers Days and I'm like taking pictures and I'm like, man, you know, everybody's really nice. And I look, kind of look over my shoulder, that old lady spit in my water bottle. What? And I was like, what? That old lady just spit in my water bottle. I can't believe she spit in my water bottle. Like, she must have a problem with me. (laughs) (laughs) And literally the first thing that went off in my head was like, I can't believe she spit in my water bottle, but I must be doing something right if she's threatened by what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm taking pictures at a rodeo, like... You know, that obviously didn't cross my, like, I kind of thought that. Maybe that's really bad of me to think something like that. But I was just like, why would she spit in my water bottle? Like, I didn't say anything rude to her. I was totally nice to that lady. But I don't know. I guess she had a problem with me. So I don't know. It's interesting that you would t- that you take it, though, as, like, you don't, it's, it's like almost like you don't, yeah, or you don't take it so personally, right? <laughs> yeah. Where you're like, what the fuck, dude? And like, in no, a, in I didn't a, say anything. I was just like, all right, well. That she spit in my water bottle, you know. That, yeah. that must mean I don't know. She didn't see any of my pictures. I didn't show any of my pictures. <laughs> did y'all have any interactions at all or anything? No, or did you she talk just to her? Came up to me and we were chatting like just like this, <laughs> and she was super cool. And then I look over and I was like, dude, what a bitch! <laughs> like, why would she do that? Oh man, that's wild, dude. It's hard to believe that people do stuff like that. Like, I, I can't know, like, imagine ever doing something like that myself to somebody that's, and uh, that's, that's wild that's, man that's wild, that's wild. Man. so you were with your buddy you said Jeff was uh, that you were out shooting uh-huh. that's kind of that was your I guess your foray into kind of shooting yeah. more like and western then, kind of lifestyle stuff and you mentioned like doing your own projects and kind of starting to get to do that kind of work when what did it look like to start getting paid and projects for that I mean phenomenal I mean, that was something that was just like, I mean, as far as the process actually, like where was it like, I am posting a bunch of these photos to Instagram and then now mm-hmm. people are hitting me up and saying, Hey, can I hire you to do this? Yes. Or what did, yeah. where did that come from? It was kind of all of that. Like I would always, you know, um, just like any photographer, it's like, okay, I need to do promos. I need to email people. I need to contact people and all kind of stuff. And it's just like, Instagram was a way at that time. I don't see it so much anymore. People still, a lot of people still see my stuff on Instagram. I don't post as much as I used to. Uh, but at that time, it was like, I don't know, just people started seeing it and I started gathering followers and I started, you know, like one of the first jobs, big jobs I did was Justin Boots. And that all came from, from that. You know what I mean? Like they found me through, I guess, Instagram. Or the agency did or something like that. So, I mean, aspects of these pipelines where you can push your stuff, I feel like, is a is an avenue that you have to do. Um, Instagram, I don't know. I don't know if Instagram is still mm-hmm. what it was. What? So, what it, um, um, 
I don't know if I'm answering your question. Properly. No, it's okay. It's, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I'm more kind of trying to get into like the nitty gritty of, cause I feel like everybody kind of sources work sometimes in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, uh, like how does my work get sourced? Yeah. How did you, how, like what's like for me, when I first started getting a lot of my work, it was friends hiring me. And then I was at a co I ended up joining a co-working space and people, the co-working space kind of started learning what I was doing. And some of them would either hire me or I would be doing work similar to them and they would have a project come through that they couldn't take. And so they would refer me, and then from there, kind of started getting referrals to other clients. Whereas I've got friends and people that I think, like Justin, like he was an assistant for a long time, and then he started getting work through that avenue. Mm-hmm. Or I, um, I got another friend that is an architectural photographer, and he gets a lot of his work through LinkedIn, and kind of like working that side of things and staying in contact and finding architecture firms and construction companies and magazines and different stuff to kind of be in contact with them and kind of develop those relationships with them. And so I'm wondering what your story is as far as how those. Uh, it's, it's all of that. It takes, um, so beginning, I worked for a photographer that was, um, that worked at um, uh, J.C. Penney's. And so he had he started shooting internet for JC his so he started hiring photographers at a, a lower price and all kind of stuff which you know I don't have much of a portfolio at that time I didn't have much of a portfolio but he knew that I ha- that I was had potential to do what he was doing and all kind of stuff so and he was always like yeah, I got a phone call here. Take the camera, Scott. And so the art directors would be like, yeah, okay, now let's, okay, let's do, you know, da, 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 you know, and so I was shooting a lot of the stuff that he was supposed to be shooting. He just was busy running a corporation and all kind of stuff. So his, his plate was, was always full. Like, so a, I started, I started shooting internet for JC pennies and all kind of stuff. And met a lot of those people. Not everybody sticks around at one job for a long time. So a lot of those people move and go different places. One of those art directors went to Shepler. Shepler's not around anymore, but she was an art director for them. Some of my cowboy stuff got bought up by them, used it in store, in store graphics and all that kind of stuff. Then, um, so that was like an outlet for that. Some people, um, it's 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 the exact same way that you were just describing it. It's meeting people. Like you physically, like you can put so much emphasis on, I got to do promos, I got to do emails and all kind of stuff. But for me, I feel like I can send this promo, but that promo needs to be followed up by a phone call. And then you need to meet somebody face to face and talk to them and get to know them and show them your portfolio. And then they can be like, okay, I kind of understand this person. I feel like I I already like his pictures. I feel like when I hire him, he's going to be what he says he is and all kind of stuff, which I am. I'm going to be, we're going to get something. Like so many people are like, what if this or what if that? And I go, my job is to do my job. We're not leaving here until that job is done, until we both feel happy. Like 
My job is to not show up and be like, well, this didn't work out very well. Maybe we can do it again tomorrow. No. My job is to make it work today, no matter what. If it's raining, no sun, sun, whatever. My job is to take pictures of what we're there to shoot and to to make it happen. Like, if you don't make it happen, you you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean that's like, why we're getting hired. Yeah, right? that's why we're getting hired. And we're going to have fun while, while we're going to do it because that's what it is. We're just taking pictures. There's no reason to get all bent out of shape over anything. Mm-hmm. If we forgot something, then we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like and it's kind of fun to problem solve a little bit well, too yeah, in that that's moment. What it's like, oh, what am I going to do? Right. We got we to get this done. Right. But it's it's also like let's have fun. You know, let's let's enjoy our day. Let's enjoy what we're doing. We're in, we're taking pictures of whatever we're taking pictures of, and it should be fun. So you meet people. That's what it is. This whole thing. I, I remember like early on. My brother-in-law was like, dude, you just got to go out and interact with all these people. And I was like, eh, you know, I don't want to go to all these parties and all, this, and all this kind of stuff. Well, it doesn't have to be that. But you just have to go out and meet people. That's what life is about. That's what work is all about. And when you meet people, they are like, dude, that's what this is. This is meeting you. But, A, there's going to be some people listening to this that enjoy this and be like, hey, I like his podcast. I like what that guy's talking about, too. Like, I did another podcast, and a lot of people really, really liked it. And it was like, oh, wow, I didn't know people took time out of their day to listen to a podcast of me ramble on about, you know, picture taken. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it, it's, it's, it's all of it. Like, you have to do all of it. As a freelance person, you have to do all of it. And it's a lot of work. Do you enjoy doing everything, or do you sometimes just wish that you were just doing the creative, like the photography side, and not dealing no, with the other shit? Because I don't know what I would do. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't. I could do literally. Any, I was watching. Um, um, it was uh, driving in cars with coffee or uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seinfeld, yeah, yeah. and it was like an interview that he did, and he was like. They were asking him, like, "What if you weren't a comedian, what would you do? And Jerry Seinfeld, was, Jerry Seinfeld was like, I could literally do anything. It doesn't matter what I do because I would enjoy what I do. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. I literally could do anything. If, like, this all was like, can't do this anymore, I would be like, all right, well, I'll do something else. What I can I do? Yeah, whatever. I'll do anything. That's what I grew up doing, all of it. Like, I helped my dad you know, rebuild this carburetor for a motorcycle. We planted a garden. We, you know, I drove a tractor. I was horseback. I, you know, I can weld. I can um, change a tire. I can take trash to the curb. I'll be a trash man. I don't care. Whatever, man. At least you're outside enjoying your day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever. Do you do anything else professionally other than photography that you don't really talk about or publicize very much? I don't know, like professionally. I don't know. Like, I do some fine art stuff. Does I anybody mean, pay, you, pay of, you to weld or hire you to weld no, or like do any of these other things or no. kind of like? No, I mean, I don't know. What, do anybody pay me to do anything else? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it'd be cool if, but I mean, like, I'll. Um, my Instagram right now is. Um, so when I got my uh, my rep, my photo rep, I was like. What does Instagram mean as far as me and you running a business together? And she was like, it's a platform to meet people is what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a way to interact with people 
that you can't interact with any other way. Meaning if somebody at such and such magazine like um, follows me, you have a direct line to those people. A, you can either, you don't want to be, you don't want to wear them out, but also you can send them, you can be like, hey, or you can message them. If you interact the way you interact as a person in life, like, hey, I shake your hand, or you comment on somebody, somebody's things. I mean, that, a lot of people, I always, I reply to all of my DMs. I reply to, except for like weird stuff, I'll delete that and block them. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> like, um, but if anybody asks me a question or if anybody replies to something or comments about anything, I always reply back. I always answer it. You know, I always interact with people. And that's what it's that's what life is about and that's what being a freelance person is all about is interacting with people mm. and getting to know everybody. I mean, it's like the salesperson side of you, yeah. right? Where you're always kind of networking and meeting yeah. people. Uh, what has your experience been like having a rep, and how did that relationship come to be? Um, so, I've always, I've always wanted a rep. I always put As that like most photographers right. do, and I never, I never. It's just like everything else. I don't know how it works. I don't. I still don't know how it works. But um, I would always, I, I would. I even like I had a, a promo piece that I was like, I'll just start off by saying this: everything is meant to happen, will happen. So just know that freelance people that everything that is meant to happen will happen. If it doesn't happen right now, it will happen. I promise you. So I made I had this. I still I still think it's like the best idea for a uh, for a promo. So I frame a promo card and you can pull it out. And your promo card is in the framed deal. So it's like you can put this promo card up on the wall and hang it on your wall, or you can take it out and look at my promo card and see all see the other promos in there on it, all, all the other pictures and my phone number and my email and all kind of stuff. Or you can, and, you, and then you can slide it back in there and hang it on the wall. So I send that with a letter to like, like a couple um, – reps that I feel like would be good assets for me to have and all kind of stuff. Uh, pretty much crickets. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. They either didn't like what I had to say or they were afraid of how my website looked or whatever. I don't, I have no idea. But basically, um, so I'm, we're on our way to my family and I were on our way to like a family reunion and I, I get like an email and it's like, Hey, I'm, um, Michelle at St. Lucie in New York. I really love your stuff. I would love to talk to you on the phone. I'm like, Lisa, that's my wife. You got to read this email. And so we pull over and all that kind of stuff. And I email her back. I'm like, Hey, I have free time to talk right now if you want to talk. And she's like, yeah, I'll call you here in about 20 minutes. So it's about lunchtime. We had made like some sandwich. I don't even know where we're at. We're like in Paris, Texas or something like that. And we pull over at like a park or something like that. And I literally talked to her for like an hour and a half on the phone and really, really good conversation. And so then we have, um, this is like last, this is at the end, this is like last summer, like, um, August maybe. Okay. Or somewhere around there. And, 
she reached out to me. I've never had a rep reach out to me before. And so she reaches out to me. And so we keep talking and all kind of stuff. And she, we're both like, I don't know. I just blank. I just point blank was like, I, after that phone call, I started doing some research. I look, I looked at who else she was, who else she was repping and all kind of stuff. I liked all their stuff. Um, I liked the conversation we had and the multiple conversations. And then we talked again and I was like, Hey, you know, I don't know how this works, but I'm really interested in, in figuring this out. She's like, I am too. So I was like, you know what? How about this? How about I, um, I'll come to New York. I want to spend some time with you. I want to, you know, let's talk about my stuff. Let's talk about your stuff. Let's really get to know somebody. Because if I'm going to work with somebody, I want to meet them face to face. I wasn't going to do something just, okay, like, you know, never meeting that person. So I go to New York for like three days and we hang out for like basically like those three days and sign some papers and boom, here we are. And she, she announced me like a month, maybe a month ago. February, beginning of February. So we have known each other since like the end of last summer, but she's only, we're only on like months two. So everything takes a lot of time. I had to like read, basically like redo my website, redo a lot of my images and all kind of stuff to make it more. And it was great. It was a great feeling to know, okay, I'm on this, I'm on this super long journey to get to where I am today and you set these goals and it's like you accomplish a goal and you're like, you think to yourself like, man, once I get that goal, man, things are going to be, you know, there's going to be fireworks going off and all this kind of stuff. It was the same thing. It's, it's just another day. You know what all I mean? Right, all right, cool. Here we are. Yeah. Right, here what's, we are. So, what's the next thing? Yeah. So what's next? What's next? And that's where I'm at. Like, what's next? Had you set that that rep uh, or that agency or anything? Any of your like promo pieces or any of that? Nah. She had been. She had been watching me. She had been. So people. So keep. That's what I'm saying. Is keep doing what you're doing, and people recognize it. Do what you want to do. Take pictures of what you want to take pictures. Also, take pictures of, you know, people that hire you and all kind of stuff. But also think to yourself, like when I was. Um, everybody talked about all my cowboy lifestyle stuff. When I saw people in the industry, a lot of people were like, man, this is really, really good stuff. So what I told myself is like, I have to apply the way I shoot this stuff to how I shoot everything. That's what I learned from all of this is like, I have to go about my day-to-day routine as the personal project. Like when I shoot for whatever. I have to feel like it's a, it's a personal project. Like that's what I psych myself up for. And it is, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to make everything. Yes. It's a, it's a grind. And you have art directors telling you like, Hey, let's do this, but we're working together and that's even more fun. So, I mean, let's figure all this kind of stuff. Yeah. There's probably going to be a hiccup or two or something like that, but don't dwindle on any of that crap. Like if somebody says, you know, I, I've, I don't know how many times, like, I've had somebody whisper in my ear, man, this model sucks or something like that. Like, who cares what you think? Get out of my ear. This person's cool. So let's just, you might think they suck. I don't think they suck. Let's just keep going. Like, who cares? Yeah. Don't let things bring you down or 
do any of that kind of stuff. Be upbeat. And, and if something feels like it's personal, it's not personal. It's personal to that person. It's not personal to me. You seem to have a very like grounded and upbeat worldview. Oh man. You have where, to. where does that come from? It came from my wife. My wife. You always been that way or no? no. I mean, I guess if it came from her, probably not so much. No. no. I used to let stuff like that bother me. Can't let that stuff bother you. Life's too short for shit like that. Yeah. Man. Life is too short. I don't know how short this life is, but you better make the most of it while you can. Because that's what's... I, there's a quote. I don't even know who, where the quote came from, and I don't even know if I'll say it right. But it's like, I'm not going to last forever, but I want to create something that will last forever. And that's what is what's cool because mm-hmm. that's what it is. I mean, I, as a photographer, as, you know, whatever you do, clothing, welding, whatever. I mean, it's all, hopefully you want to, you want to make something that will, that will, will remember, people will remember it or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's all. I, that's it. That's it. Whenever it comes to pricing things out, what get a rep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to deal with all that. I just want to shoot the photos and know that I'm getting paid and I have the money that I need to pay my shit. That's been, that, that has been the biggest thing. And I got with, um, before that, I got with Wonderful Machine. And I know Justin Clemens is with Wonderful Machine, so I'll give a shout out to Wonderful Machine. They actually do a lot for um, helping with pricing and billing and stuff like that. Because... Everybody's there used to be all these like this person gets this amount of money and this person gets this amount of money. Well, it doesn't exist anymore. Like yeah. there's usage for everything. People you need like up and coming photographers need to know that there's usage on pictures. Like that stuff can only live for a little while, like a year or two years. And that has to be renegotiated after that time. So you got to figure all that kind of stuff out. That's a big part of it. That, you, um, I don't know a lot about it. So I've, I've asked about usage to a lot of different people that come on here because it's something that comes up. And what I always like to do is kind of ask those people in your, in your, in your words or in your opinion, can you kind of explain what usage is, why it's important and how you, go about handling those types of conversations and figuring out bottom line, like, oh, this is, this is the terms, this is the cost, this is why, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, basically your images and there's got to be, I, I know that there's like, okay, you're doing a job for social media. That stuff, it will live on social media for a certain, for I mean, you can scroll down and it's still there. So there's a usage to that. Um, there's a, you know, if like um, a corporation comes along and they are going to use their, your images either for a year, two years, or unlimited, meaning they own it forever. There's price price points for all three of those. So you have to figure out, that's just a question you got to ask. Like, okay, this client came at me. Okay, we're going to figure out, and some people don't even want to deal with it, but that's part of it. That's part of, if they don't want to deal with it, then cross that bridge and figure figure something out. You know what I mean? Don't not do it because of it. Maybe not, don't do it. I don't know. 
I always say, I say yes to a lot of stuff just because I'm like, I'm not, yeah, I've had, um, you know, I've had stuff, I've had um, images in Times Square um, twice. And if somebody comes along and uh, I shot a deal for Adweek, it didn't pay very much, but it was shooting, a, and I don't shoot any cars. I shot a, um, um, so I'm saying um, do it. You never know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, yes, it is nice to have a rep and they say, you know, eh, there's not a whole lot of money to this, but do you still want to do it? I'm like, yeah, I'll still do it. I mean, they reached out for me for a reason. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know where that person's going to, I don't know if that person's going to work there every time. So you basically, you have somebody else that handles that kind of stuff when it comes yeah, to like yeah, figuring all the uses and stuff out. Yeah. yeah. Even, even when I was with Wonderful Machine, I had let them figure it out. Okay. So you never really had to like do that on your own so much. Uh, yeah, I've had to, it's a lot. I mean, I had one of my uh, a client the other day that was like, I know you like to play those games, you know, da, 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 da. I'm like, it's not games. It's, it's business. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't say that, but I, I was thinking that. Like, yeah, it's business, man. Yeah. Like, I'm looking out for myself. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it's about. I get it. You're gonna, you're gonna, they're gonna use those images. I'm not talking about any specific client. I'm saying like those clients are gonna use it to publicize themselves. So there's got to be a fee for that. Why would it vary from like if it was a year versus two years or something? If at the end of the day you're shooting, and well, it's taking so, you the same so, amount of time or whatever. Well, or, so I mean, like those. So somebody, and that that's the whole deal. It's like as a as that client, um, you would a lot of that stuff gets gets taken away anyways, and they don't really. I don't know if anybody like re ups at the end of that year. So I'm basically saying. This image that I took for y'all lives in your uh, networks for a year. And if you guys, at the end of that year or two years, do you guys want to rebuy that image to keep using it on your avenues? Or do you, or did you have you guys discarded it and we're not using that anymore? We've moved on to the next image. Or A, we'll rehire you to do all that kind of stuff. So it's a way to. It's actually smart. Like, okay, I shot this a year ago. Let's check in with those people. I haven't talked to those people in a year. Let me check in with those people. Yeah, it kind of gives you a way to be able to kind of yeah. open the conversation for yeah. more work, potentially yeah. see don't how be, they're doing. Don't be a dick about it. Yeah. Just be like, hey, you guys have figured it out. That's a lot for a freelance person to stay on top of. That. I wasn't the best at it. But I do know that my rep is definitely going to be stay on top of it. Cause that's part of her job is to stay on top of all that stuff so that they can re renegotiate and figure it out again. That's her job, her job. You don't want to be quote unquote, the bad guy when it comes to all this kind of stuff. So you can, you take the most phenomenal pictures, you have the greatest time and all kind of stuff. And then at the end of it, you're like, okay, we got to talk about money. And nobody wants to talk about that. You don't want to leave a bitter taste in anybody's mouth or anything like that after the photo shoot's done. That's why you talked about it in the beginning. You have to renegotiate some stuff as it's going, maybe. You know, we had some extra costs here. We've come under budget. We went over budget, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you kind of have to, you got to be all part of it. That's why you got to be, you got to be on top of it. But you also have to, you don't want to be poking and prodding. You know, mm -hmm. people, you know, because that's not, nobody wants to be poked and prodded all the time, you know, like, hey, you know, just be, 
Be nice about it. Be nice, people. Do you uh, have any sort of, like, if, if you have a product that come through that you're not pricing out or working th- with uh, a rep on or a wonderful machine or anything like that where it's just you and the client, do you have any sort of a, like, a process to be able to get to, like, this is what the price is? Or how do you yeah. how do you derive what and figure out worth? like what is my time worth? Yeah, that's the bottom yeah. line of like okay, this is how I figure out what pricing is for yeah. this project. I know what my price is worth, but you also have to be like, all right, this is I, in my head. I know what my what my worth is worth. What is your worth? You know what I mean? Like, what kind of budget do you have? So you have to have that conversation. Not everybody's going to say I, I have this amount of money. So you kind of have to be like. You know, all right, well, let's get an estimate together. This is what it costs for to, you know, okay, we're in, on location. We got to do, we got to travel to Austin. All right, well, I got to stay somewhere. All right, well, um, I got to have food every day. I got to have, are you guys supplying the food? Am I supplying the food? Um, uh, and not every job's like this. It might just be you go to Austin and then you come back, but there's got to be mileage on there or there has to be, you know, some fees for gas, diesel, whatever, whatever it is. So you got to, you got to line everything out and then, all right, uh, I got to rent a little bit of equipment. I can get by with this, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then once you kind of get your, your feet kind of wet on, all right, this is, you know, this is kind of what my day rate's going to be. I got to have a, 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 an assistant, a digital tech. This is kind of the going rate for that. Can I kind of have your ear to the, to the floor on what's going on too? You know what I mean? Like I always, not all the time do I hire somebody, but lately, yes. Like in the past like six months I've hired, you know, more digital tech and all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of the stuff I was doing kind of by myself, um, because some of my clients just want me to show up. And so it's like, okay. Or it's not in the budget to have somebody to do that. So it's like, okay, you know. Uh, and sometimes a client will just be like, I have this amount of money and that's it. Do you want to do it for this amount of money? And then you have to figure it. You got to be like, well, do I want to do it? All right, I'll do it. You if know? somebody just came to you and said, I mean, hey, this is what, you know, we want to do a shoot. This is what it is. How much would it cost? Do you? I kind of, I kind of walk around it. You know what I mean? I kind of dance around it. I crab call this way and crab call that way because I'm. I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, my deal now. My, and I. This is probably not the best thing for this podcast, but I involve my rep in every single thing, every single thing. Like, I, I get an email and I'm like, hey, so and so. Uh, I'm like, oh, thank you so much for the reply. Or thank you so much for contacting me. I'm going to introduce you to my photo rep. She handles all my scheduling, all my calendars. She does estimates. She does all that kind of stuff. So that's probably not very good for this podcast. I mean, did, I mean that's a really nice place to be in. I kind of <laughs> wish I could do that. Like, but, so I mean, it's, it is. but I mean, it's, it's also you have to learn what, what about when you didn't have that, or, or if you didn't have that? Are I would, you? I would answer. I would try to figure it out. Like, okay, what kind of budget do you have? Do you, you have, so you're trying to get a number out of them, yeah, or have an idea before yeah, you're like, proposing something. To if them. I come with, uh, if I do an estimate and I'm like, man, my time is worth, you know, you want it to be higher. You don't want it to be low, right? But you don't want it to be too high to where they're like, whoa, that happens all the time. 
It happens all the time. Like, oh man, I just have like 300 bucks. I'm like, oh. <laughs> why, oh. Are, why are we talking then? I'm sorry. Like, I, that doesn't I don't. Even, that barely turns on my studio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no. So, so do you, so then if you were pricing stuff out on your own, do you, or I guess before you had a rep, was it, I mean, are you pay, basing it based off of, I think that this is going to take me X amount of time. So it costs this much, or is it this company is this size and this is how they're using it. So it costs this or for me, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Um, my time is worth a day rate. That is what my time is worth. So if you have. And, and uh, there's a lot of, like, angst about, A, if I'm hired for the day and we get through at 2 o'clock, I'm really good at, I, I, should I be punished for doing my job efficiently and well-oiled machine? No, because my job doesn't end at that 2 o'clock. We still have to pack everything up. We still have to move hard drives. I still have to pay all these people. We still have to drive back to where we're going. We still have to unpack everything. We still have to uh, download that to another hard drive. We still have to process all this stuff, all the picks that you made and everything like that. So, I mean, just because I got done from sun up to sundown, there's still stuff that has to be done. And, and that's also another thing for people to realize is, you know, when I'm hired or when you're hired or when any freelance person is hired or anybody's hired, the, do the job doesn't end once I put the nail in the wall. The hammer still has to go in the toolbox and that toolbox still has to go in the truck and that truck still has to drive somewhere else. So there's taking pictures and then there's post stuff and that's what a lot of people have to understand and it's and people are getting better about it and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But my time is worth this amount of time for, you know, but I don't know, like that's a really hard question. I know. But at the same time, I feel like we I, I all kind of trying to figure out. I know that's well, what we all out. are. And I feel like it's funny because I don't have a real answer. <laughs> I really don't. And I would ask that question all the time to the photographers I worked with. It was like, how'd you get this job? I'm like, I don't know. Like, how do, you not, how do you not know? And now I understand. Like, it just came. You're basically, when somebody calls you and says they want to hire you, you have just won the lottery. No matter if it's 300 bucks or $10,000 for a job, you just, as a freelance person, you just won a little bit of a lottery because you got hired to do what you love to do. And there you go. So I say yes to a lot of things. Um, not all of it is is bill paying money and all that kind of stuff, but I still do it. I, there are jobs out there that, yes, there, I get a lot of jobs that pay the bills. All of them do. All of them pay the bills. Let me take that back. But I also do stuff for myself. You know what I mean? Like, I'll throw this out there. I shot um, when Donald Trump came to town. I shot that. I shot it for um, uh, Medium, and it was super intense. And I said yes to it. Why did I say yes to it? Because I've never done something like that before, and I wanted to see what it was like. And so I took pictures of all of that, and it was super intense. I took pictures of the good stuff, took pictures of the bad stuff. It was super, super, super intense. And I don't know if I would do it again, 
but it was definitely interesting. Yeah, probably a, probably a cool experience to kind of be in that. It, it was. I've and wondered what that would be like. I was really afraid at certain points. Uh, there was a like protesters were going on, and it was like the the I was with a rider, and um, uh, he was and he was right up in it. I mean, he was in the middle of it, and I was like, dude. He was like, Slusher, don't worry about it. You don't have to be. You don't have to get up in the middle. Of it. And I was like, I don't really want to get in the middle of it because I don't know what's going to happen over there. It was super intense, like the most intense thing I've ever I've ever been a part of in my entire life. I believe it. It was real, and people just, just I don't know. Like it was like a NASCAR event. Like that was everybody was for that one person, and when they weren't for that one person, they were for they were against that person. And they were way against that person. It's interesting that you said that the writer was getting up in there and that you were kind of like, eh. because <laughs> earlier you mentioned that, well, and I'm at the radio, yeah, radio shooting or whatever. Like I want to be up in it right where the action the is. I don't want to. When my life is literally on the line, maybe. Yeah. Cause I know that, I don't know. I don't want to say something, but I don't like, I don't know what at a rodeo. I mean, yeah, it's a bull and I'm that bull. Some of those bulls, may or may not come after me, but I'm not, I'm, there's a fence yeah. between me and that bull. I've been out in the middle of that. Like I went to, um, bulls are probably a little bit more predictable than no, people not. at no kind of rallies like that. They're not, they're just like those people. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, some of them, okay. you can, I mean, you, I mean, a person you can be like, Ooh, that guy's, that guy's going to, he's going to lose it. But that, that bull, I mean, it just has like a look they all have a look and some of them are like, you can go up and pet them and all kind of stuff. Some of them like want to run you straight over, uh, P- uh, Pendleton. I was at the Pendleton rodeo and, uh, I was shooting for Yeti and, uh, there was a rodeo photographer that's been doing it for forever. And he, um, when it came time for, um, the bull riding, uh, they set up PVC pipe, like, PVC pipe as their fence and <laughs> bulls get out and start r- like going after people and stuff like that. And I turn to him and I go, I go, he goes, Hey Scott, how are you doing? And I go, how's it going? And I, he goes, you all right? And I was like, well, there's PVC pipe between the two, between us and the bulls. And he goes, you know what we're going to do with those bulls come after us? And I go, I go, I think I know. And he goes, we're going to go forward. We're not going to go backwards. We're going to go forward. If that bull's coming towards us, we're going to go around, try to get around it and go forward. We're not going to run away because that's not smart. So I was like, thank you. Learning on the yeah. job. You just got to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, okay, if a bull does get out, what are we going to do? What's our game plan? So I didn't know. So I got next to the most experienced person that knows what to do. And I was right there. We were taking pictures at the same time spot and I I wasn't thinking about what he what pictures he was taking pictures of I was just thinking about what pictures I was taking pictures yeah. of but he, uh, he's he's a nice guy so he wasn't threatened by me at all but I he knew that I didn't know what to do so I was like hey what are we gonna do so at the at that other deal I don't you know I don't I mean I guess a bullet and a bull are the same thing there's a bull start with B <laughs> <laughs> dude um Thanks so much, man. It's been a cool conversation. Uh, just kind of wrapping up, I'm wondering if there is uh, anything in particular, uh, specifically for like younger freelancers, that you feel like they ought to know or that we haven't kind of talked about. Some, if there's anything you think is important to hit on 
that I haven't asked you about? Mm, not off the right, right off the top of my head. Okay. Um, but I mean, just keep doing it. Don't get, don't let the man bring you down, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just keep doing what you do. Like for real, like, and do what you want to do in that aspect. Just play the game because there is a game to it. We all know what the game is. You might be thinking to yourself, what is the game? But you know what the game is. That is to be yourself, to meet people, to talk about yourself, to tell people what you do, to promote yourself. That's basically what a freelance person has to do. You have to know, you have to get to know people in order to get some work out there. So it's, it's a long, long, long process and it's a really hard process, but if you have the love for it, you may not have the love for every process, but you have to do all of those things and it takes a team to do stuff. It might be a small team, but it takes a team in order to do stuff. You can do stuff by yourself, but there's always somebody that can help you do something. If that's with, you can't do it all. I have somebody that helps me with my logos, with um, branding and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's a friend of mine. I helped him out. He helps me out. That's how we created that relationship. He went to art direction school at UNT. He now works for a um, an agency in Kansas, or in Lawrence, Kansas, out of Kansas City. We work perfect together. So find those people along the way. Find those people that are into what you do and you're into what they do. And you help them out and they'll help you out. Cool, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, dude. What, uh, where can people find you and your work online? Um, my website is Scott Slusher Photography. You can just Google Scott Slusher. Um, And then my Instagram is at Slusher Photo. And then that's basically it. Cool, man. Yeah. It was fun to meet you, man. Yeah. There you go. I appreciate it. It's it's been a great morning. Thanks once again to Wade Griffith and Scott Slusher for being on today's episode. And uh, thank you to all of you future patrons for supporting the show. Once again, you can do that at patreon.com slash vacacy and if you found this show particularly helpful another way that you can get involved and help the show without making a financial contribution is to go leave a rating and a review wherever you found this podcast it helps other people that are coming and looking for podcasts have an idea of what they're getting into before they have to start listening to my voice talk all the time Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to being with you again next week. Freelance Freddy is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a freelance content creator based in the United States and available worldwide. Vacacy, big production value, freelance agility and scale.